Hey, you know what that sound means. That means it's time for another Steven Show. Steven Show episode four. Episode four, session four, time thing, thing that I do. Uh, so, baby's asleep. I'm hoping he stays that way. He's had a fussy morning. Like, one thing I've learned about babies is that they're unpredictable. And that you may schedule your life. You may have a calendar of events. You may have things that you want to do in the evening. You're like, oh, I'll do this when baby goes to sleep. Um, good luck. Uh, if you find a way to make that successful, please send me an email to, uh, to crap. I still don't have the Steven Show at Gmail. I gotta get that. But, uh, but go ahead, just send it to hnhshow at gmail.com. If you have any, uh, any secret sauce, which you don't, but if you feel like you need to send me something, then go for it. Uh, anyway, hope you guys have been well. The last couple weeks have been, uh, have been busy for me. I've been being a dad for the most part. I hate how I said that. That was stupid. I hate, being a dad? Question mark? No, I've been, I've been being a dad, doing the dad thing. Um, it's been, been crazy. Like little dudes getting all kinds of into everything. He can't change his diaper because he wants to roll over the whole time. All this is normal. Um, he's, he's just, he's growing, he's developing, he's learning new things. He's trying out cool stuff. He's refusing naps. Uh, teeth should be coming soon. He doesn't have any yet. So all of that adds up to a pretty crazy, uh, couple of weeks and, and Sunday, especially last Sunday, I didn't get to do the show primarily because it had been, I think Stephanie hadn't had a break since the previous Sunday and Saturday was rough for us. And then Sunday she had a thing to go to. So I was just, we, it was just crazy town. Like it was just hard to, hard to keep everything together. Uh, so we're, we're back where everything's good now. So he's asleep. She's at church. I'm here by myself doing this show. And there's been a couple things that uh, I think are worth talking about that have happened over the last couple weeks in various areas of interest for me. One of those things is, no, I'm not watching this, the international Star Wars trailer with all the extra footage. Yeah, I know. They released an international trailer, and the Japanese and other folks get to see awesome new footage. But I say to the world, if J.J. Abrams wanted me to see it, he would have released it in America. I think the trailer we got is enough to keep me excited. I mean, let's be honest. If they didn't show anything about Star Wars, if I didn't have an image, if I didn't have a trailer, if I didn't have anything, and they said, Episode 7, coming, I'd be like, I'm there. I'm buying my ticket. Where can I buy my ticket? And so would all the other hordes of fans out there. They'd all buy their tickets. So they're not really... I mean, they can release footage. They can't release footage. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to show up. Everyone's going to be rocking out some Star Wars that night. One thing that has come out of this is that theaters have decided not to allow people, well, many theaters, I don't know that everyone, but AMC and Carmike, for instance, um, lightsabers allowed at AMC, but no guns, no masks. I uh, don't think they said anything about face paint. I should fact check all this before I say it. Carmike, nothing. You can't bring a lightsaber. You can't bring nothing to the theater, which is kind of, I mean, I guess you can wear your Jedi robes, and to some people they say, well, good, a uh, movie is not a convention, there's no cosplay contest, don't dress up, you bunch of morons, I say that's kind of silly, man, like, I went to Star Wars Episode Three with a Jedi robe and a lightsaber and met a lot of other cool people who had done the same thing, it was kind of fun, and there was even a Chick-fil-A cow with a lightsaber, <laughs> which was really cool, because we were in a mall, and there's a Chick-fil-A, and they were selling sandwiches by the theater, good move because there are hungry people waiting in line and then the the uh 
the, the Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones 4 came out. I dressed as Indiana Jones to go to that. And people, you know, there were other people with their hats and whips. and um, But nobody decked out quite like me. Ha <laughs> ha. I got to take a lot of pictures of people. That was really fun. So I'm kind of kind of bummed that they're doing this. But at the same time, given today's climate, I'm not, listen, first of all, I'm not prone to giving in to fear. I'm not prone to saying, oh, well, things happen at movie theaters, so now we need to start locking everything down. I hate that. I hate that. Because every time we do that, somebody won. You know, somebody, some terrorist, I guess, if you want to just, you know, someone who incites fear into a mass of people is a terrorist. So I would I would say that those guys are winning, you know, like those shooters and stuff. They're winning because we're all starting to hide in a turtle shell and try to try to avoid getting hurt, and that's scary to me. But you know, beyond all that, I just I feel like we shouldn't back down. We should we should just do what we want to do and have fun. But then you know, the first guy that says that that says we're not going to back down from these terrorists, then an event happens, and that guy looks like a dummy, and everybody yells at him. He doesn't look like a dummy to me. He just looks like a guy. Who made a decision, and the decision ended up with with not good results, but doesn't mean that it was his fault, you know. Anyway, getting too deep into that, but uh, but so that's kind of a bummer. But I hope everybody who goes to Star Wars has a great time. I'm not I'm probably not gonna be able to see it on opening night because you know I'm a dad, so I have to wait till we can find a babysitter and then go see it, which I'm pumped. Uh, no, I'm getting to be I'm getting better about being okay with it. Before, there's there's life before Sam and life after Sam. Life before Sam, you know, go to movies whenever, it doesn't matter, sign up for, you know, midnight releases. And after Sam, it's go to see movies that you really, really have to see in the theater. If you don't have to see it in the theater, if it's good enough on a small screen, like a talkie movie, um, then wait, just wait and get it on Netflix. And I'm okay with that, you know, I didn't get to see Mad Max in theaters. But I loved it on Blu-ray. I was just as happy with it on Blu-ray as... I mean, seeing it on an IMAX screen would have been awesome. But I was okay. You know, I was okay. Things were good there. Um, speaking of TV, mine died. <laughs> My 42-inch LG that I've had since 2008 died. Had to pick up a new one. Got the Vizio M-Series 55-inch. It's uh, it's kind of the middle of the ground between the, the E-Series Vizio and the P-Series Vizio. I did a lot of reviews. So I... I don't buy anything without studying it. And I knew my budget. You know, I knew what price point I had to come in at. And the Vizio, with all the ratings I looked at between like Samsung's and everything else, the 4K Vizio M series had just almost just as good a reviews as the Samsung $600 more expensive TV. And I'm like, how, how is that possible? I don't know how it's possible. All I know is that my Vizio TV looks really good. And I'm okay with it. And people who are like, Vizio's is a cheap brand. You want to buy this or that? I, I advise you to take a look. Take a second look at the Vizio. Um, I'm not, a, like, granted, I'm not sitting there with a colorometer. I don't know what you call those things. You know, judging how this, how this color gamut it has. I don't even know what words I'm using. But I am just an average TV watcher who likes to play video games. And this thing looks good to me. And I think I'm, I'm learning also that it's okay. If it's good with you, then that means it's good. It doesn't have to be good to everybody else. It can just be good to you. Now, granted, make sure you get something of quality in terms of you don't want it to break in three days. Like, don't go buy a Zenith. I don't even know. Do they make Zenith anymore? I don't think they make Zenith anymore. But don't do not do that. Be careful about buying TVs that are kind of off-branded. Don't buy your Insignias, 
your Best Buy brands or your Walmarts. Just get get something that at least halfway decent. Get something like a Vizio. Get something like an LG or a Samsung. I'd avoid the Sharps. I don't know why. I just Sharp Sharp since they did that whole yellow pixel thing get kind of dumb to me. That wasn't really necessary. So I got that and been enjoying that. Been playing uh, Uncharted, the collect the Uncharted Collection, which is actually the three original Uncharted games in one. If you are a fan of Tomb Raider or Indiana Jones, Uncharted is for you. I've come to the conclusion that these are the best games I've ever played in my life because I love story, and they're full of it. They're full of story, and they're full of jumping from place to place, exploring caverns, and shooting people. It's basically Indiana Jones. Like, There's no other way to spin it. If you want an Indiana Jones game and, and LucasArts always let you down, then you want this. This is what every Indiana Jones should be. Uh, I kind of wish that they would just basically port Uncharted's engine and, and abilities and whatnot into Indiana Jones and add a whip. And then I'd be like, okay, I'll play that game all day long. So uh, pretty pretty excited about that. Been enjoying it. It's like getting three games for the price of one. It's like 60 bucks, and I get three full experiences. PlayStation 3 experiences, but great experiences nonetheless. So pretty pumped about that. And enjoying it. Stephanie's been playing it with me, and by playing it, he's watching me or she's watching me play it and that's okay because she likes video games my wife likes video games best thing ever if you're not married yet find a wife who enjoys what you enjoy it's it's crazy how beneficial that is to a marriage and you know what uh maybe you could enjoy the thing she enjoys (gasps) oh wow amazing so it's it's really it's really fun it's really good on another note NaNoWriMo is uh is this month that's the national novel writing month for the last three years, I've actually really participated. I've wanted to participate since, I don't know, 2007, something like that. Uh, so this, this, this month, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to write 50,000 words. So last, last year, didn't make it. Didn't, my story fell apart halfway through. Didn't know what I wanted to do. My characters were kind of dumb. My main character just kept asking questions and not really saying anything. That was kind of an issue. Um, I think I'm, I'm better... I'm better at writing when I have a, a protagonist who knows the world already, and I keep trying to introduce protagonists into worlds they don't know, and that's that's been a challenge. And I'll tell you, like my my synopsis for my novel this month, and I'm fourteen thousand words in. I'm doing pretty good. I'm on schedule. I need to write another fifteen hundred today to stay at my quota, but I I can do that. That's not that's not hard. Um, so it's about a kid who has a D&D group when he's younger. He's like 8 to 14. It's a D&D group. They all play together. They have a great time. Um, best friend, you know, is part of the group and everything. Well, uh, when they're 14, his best friend passes away um, from, we're going to call it cancer because I haven't really decided what he passes away from, but he passes away. So two years go by, kid never plays D&D, like kind of just stops. The whole group kind of stops playing because it's not the same without his, his friend there. Uh, he goes to school one day, has a really bad day, bully picks on him, you know, girl he likes is not what he thought. You know, just generally what a 16-year-old would, would have a bad day. Um, I was a 16-year-old once who had bad days, so it's not really that hard to write. Um, piece of cake. He he ends up going to do some retail therapy. He hears about a hobby shop down the road, and he goes to this place, and this um, old man who operates the place actually gives him an ancient... 20-sided die. You don't play D&D. 20-sided die is basically the die that rules all die. It's important for for every action you take in the game, you're going to roll a D20. Um, That's the shorthand D20. 
So he gives him this die, says it's from ancient Egypt, you know, he was given to him, it was, and he's kind of one of those sage dudes who's like, I'm going to give you this thing, because it was given to me and stuff. He kind of just, so far, had just sensed that Scout, which is my main character's name, Scout has had a bad day, and he gives him this, this D20. He goes home, Scout has another bad thing occur, um, which I don't want to tell everything. We had another bad thing occur. So he just kind of goes in his room and he's, or goes into his basement where they used to play D&D and he's sitting at the table and there's the figurines are still sitting out where they were before. There's maps on the wall of all the things that he'd drawn about this world that he had created from the time he was eight to the time he was 14. He throws the die and kind of just wishes, you know, he could have his friends back and they could all play together again because everybody's kind of gone their separate ways. It lands on a 20. He falls asleep on the couch reading he wakes up, and a wizard is poking him in the side. He doesn't know it's a wizard yet. It's like, you've got to come with me. There's there's a lot going on, and we need you. You know, and he basically is sucked into his own D&D world, and he has to save the day. Uh, which is it's kind of the hero's... It's, it's doing the hero's journey. You know, reluctant hero, not sure of himself, goes on this tr- journey, becomes super confident, and... Um, it's, it's exciting. I like the idea. I'm having a little bit of trouble executing... Because um, it, it started out, I wanted it to be funny, and as it goes, it's starting to get a little bit dire, so I'm trying to lift it back out of that. It's probably the crappiest first draft of anything I've ever written. <laughs> like, you're supposed to have a crappy first draft. First drafts are supposed to be bad. Ernest Hemingway once famously said that the first draft of anything is crap. I used a different word, but that's basically what he said. And he's right, you know, the first time you write anything, it needs a revision. So I'm okay with it being garbage. It's it's supposed to be garbage, and I just need to get the story out, out of my head and onto the paper. So anyway, he ends up that this wizard had, uh, has stolen a priceless artifact that gives him control over the world, and he has to go with this band of heroes, which are actually his friend's characters, and save the day. The wizard plays the, the friend of his that passed away. So it's almost like he gets to go on this journey with his friend again, it's it's like a last hoorah for them. It's it's super. It's gonna have some heart. It's gonna have some uh, some excitement, some adventure. I'm I'm really excited to write it. I'm, I think the idea in my head is is a lot more fun than the idea that I'm putting on paper. So I'm trying to work through that. But fourteen thousand words in, doing pretty darn good. And that was way more than an elevator pitch. But if you're interested in reading it. I'm probably going to make you wait until <laughs> after the first draft, unless you're a close friend or family who understands that I have written good things before, um, and this is not garbage. Or if it is garbage, you're like, oh, this is his first draft. Because anytime you give something creative to somebody, they, they're either they going to read it and go, man, Stephen can't write for garbage and did not read it. And that's not what I want. I want people that go, I've read Stephen's stuff before, it's actually really good. This is clearly not his best. Let me just give it a once-over and throw some notes on it. You know, so friends friends who are willing to do that for me and not judge me on my first draft are, are welcome. Never judge someone on their first draft. There's your words of wisdom today. That means anything. Never judge somebody on the first pass. Always give them a, always give them a minute. Because once they build a reputation of goodness, then you know you can let those things pass. Speaking of the creative process, uh, if you if you are anything like me and you enjoy watching people make things, for instance, like let's say you watch a movie and the first thing you want to do is watch the making of the movie. You go back and you're like, I gotta watch that or listen to the director's commentary and see what they were thinking as as they were making to choosing these shots and making these scenes. 
buddy, man, like, I have watched a documentary to beat all documentaries on the internet. It's it's phenomenal. It is an, a documentary that was paired with a Kickstarter campaign. So, a little bit of background history. I have been an adventure gamer since I got a computer. I have played adventure games, and by that, if you're not familiar with it, it's point and click, like solve the puzzle, take the character from place to place, pick up an item, use that item to solve a puzzle in a place to proceed through the story. Um, like my first adventure game was Putt Putt Goes to the Moon. It was a, a kid, an adventure for kids like three to eight. And I was eight, so it's okay. I was at the high end of that, but it didn't really matter. I turned 10, I was still playing Putt Putt games, um, which were actually created by Ron Gilbert, the uh, creator of Legend of Monkey or The Secret of Monkey Island, which was a fantastic adventure game, one that really kickstarted the genre, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. I've been playing those kind of games forever. I think it's what contributes a little bit to my problem-solving engineering brain is that I always wanted to solve the problem. I had to get through the, the thing. I had to find the, the part that, that solved that problem so I could get through it and play the game further. Um, but I was always been a fan of them. Tim Schafer is one of the... For me, it's like my hero in adventure gaming. And I think he's a lot of people's hero in adventure gaming. He, he's the one that came up with... Um, he, he came up with Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango is one of the best adventure games I've ever played in my life, and a lot of people's favorite adventure games. And he decided he wanted to do a new one. He was like, I'm going to make another adventure game, but I, want, I need the money. So he kick-started this game, and at the time it was called Double Fine Adventure, and it was he was like, I'm making another adventure game with my developers here, and it's going to be great. And one of the things that they did was they, they created a documentary along the whole process. So Kickstarter backers, people who had paid money to get this thing, Ahead of time, sight unseen, which is I'd do it. I mean, it's Tim Schafer. Um, they they recorded this whole process of creating the game from start to finish. Interviews with the developers as they went along, um, and the hard parts too. I think that's the part that I appreciated the most. Is it wasn't all like glossy. It wasn't like oh we're doing this and this and everything's going great. It was like this thing just totally crapped out on us. Oh, I don't have an idea. Here's a crash that we're trying to deal with. Here's a budget issue we're trying to deal with. Like it was, it was an incredible document. It's like twenty episodes, each one running anywhere from twenty minutes to an hour. Um, in the middle of this thing, the studio that that he runs lost a bunch of funding and had to lay people off. And you got to see that not not the actual like, hey, I'm letting this person go, but the aftermath of it. The hey, everybody, I know Friday really sucked. Like in the emotional toll it took on them to have to. Like let people go, and it's a it's a thing that's very common in the game industry because, you know, games get canceled all the time. You you there's probably games everywhere that are in in process that you just go, oh, I I didn't even know that was going to happen, and it got canceled. Um, when that kind of stuff happens, the money goes away, and people often have to be let go because you just can't afford them. And that happened to Double Fine, uh, which is the studio Double Fine, um, the Double Fine Studios. I think it's just called Double Fine. But anyway, yeah. So it, anyway, if you if you are into documentaries, check out the Double Fine Adventure documentary. It is I think it just it's just fun to watch people create. It's fun to watch creative people come together to build something. And it's made me question my entire existence because I enjoy I'm a creative person. I do, I do podcasts, I draw, I like to write, I like to make cool stuff and for a long time, IT's kind of allowed me to do that. IT, IT information technology, uh, my career, 
has given me lots of posi- lots of lots of places to to grow and build and make cool stuff. And for a while now, I haven't been able to do that. And it's 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 not it's not that I don't like computers anymore. It's just I'm facing a certain amount of burnout that I'm trying to get over. And I think everybody goes through this. I've talked to like every one of my friends, and at age thirty, we're all like, "What do I want to do with my life?" And I'm trying to find the passion in that. And then seeing people, even in the hard parts, even the parts that suck, watching people who are all in it for the same thing, that is to build an awesome game, is is amazing. Like, I feel like in IT, everybody's often looking for their own successes, their own certifications, their own things they can put their name on. And nobody's really building, at least I've never worked on a team that was, that was building towards the same thing that everybody had the same goal there was a project and everybody wanted to make it happen and everyone i've talked to that still loves what they do um everyone a few people i've talked to that still love what they do or they love what they do because they're on a team that's trying to make cool stuff they're on a team that has a specific vision to do something and when that thing is done they'll have another vision to do another thing and I feel like every IT organization I've been to is just holding things together. It's just duct taping everything together. It's it's keeping the parts running that you need to keep running. And it's it's fixing stuff all the time. I love fixing stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Fixing stuff is my favorite thing in the world. But at some point, you just kind of want to do something new. You kind of want to have a group of people that's, that's the whole purpose is to make a better product for somebody. And it's 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 rewarding to know where I work does some amazing things. And, uh, and for the for humanity, um, that really does make me appreciate and enjoy being where I'm at. I just uh, sometimes you just you you try to figure out like, wow, man, do I really want to do this forever? What am I gonna do? But I mean, in IT, people switch jobs every five years. It's kind of the average. So that's that's me right now trying to figure that out. And it, I don't even know if that the kind of thing I'm looking for exists. And they say, oh, if it doesn't exist, you got to make it. Well, I don't really have the ability to do that. Uh, maybe it's the fear. Maybe it's the fear of failure, which is awful. It sucks and holds me back all the time. You know, because I'm so geared towards trying to do something right that I often miss the opportunities to do something awesome. That's where I'm. I find myself a lot of the times, like, is not throwing out that idea because it's it's probably not possible or no one's done that before. This isn't the way it's done, and, and instead of Throwing it out and being like, oh, man, maybe we could try this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, I don't do that. So another thing that was cool about watching somebody who's so respected in the adventure gaming world, like Tim Schafer, nervous about pitching his idea to his own team. <laughs> it's it's the moment where you're like, this is I think this is a good idea, but I'm about to bare my soul to somebody and go, hey, do you think it's a good idea? I mean, I don't really care if you think it's a good idea, but here it is. Here's what I want to do. And and it, not really looking for feedback because there's you haven't seen it develop. You're just saying, like, here's my elevator pitch. And you just want somebody to buy into that elevator pitch and go, cool, let's give it a shot. That's, uh, that's what you want to do. But anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and listening to The Steven Show. I know it's, it's kind of, I'm still, I, I think I've found my feet footing on this podcast. I think I've done it. I think I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, it's, it's feeling good. It's. I hope that you're getting something out of it. I hope that we're able to 
learn from each other. If you got any ideas on any of the things I've talked about or into any of the things I've talked about, feel free to email me at hnhshow at gmail.com. I'm, I don't get enough email there to for you to have to worry about subject line stuff. Just put stuff in there. Um, hopefully we'll get back on horseshoes and hand grenades too in the near term. Ashley had a family emergency, so she's out of town this weekend. So you're just going to have to take this one today. And horseshoes and hand grenades will hopefully be back next week. Um, maybe looking at a different time for that. A, a different different time, different day. Ugh, babies make things tricky. <laughs> Love him, though. He's awesome. He's my favorite thing in the world. Um, but anyway, yeah, hope you guys have a wonderful week. And I will be back telling you stories and doing stuff and working on things. And I'll give you a status update on the novel and all that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Steve H&H there. So check me out. And we will have a, we'll have a good week. Everybody will have a good week. I'm feeling it. This is going to be good. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye.